Hello everyone, this is Jeffrey Kerr. I'm here with the November 2023 installment of the News of the Month series on the Kerr Reviews podcast, where I discuss a few different entertainment news stories that feel important and or interesting to me. Each of the stories you'll be hearing me talk about have been divided into four separate categories. The first set of them is a Screen Actors Guild Strike update. For those who may or may not remember, members of SAG-AFTRA have been on strike since July 14th of this year. Last month, I discussed how they recently resumed negotiations with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers for a new contract. I also mentioned how hopefully I'd be able to discuss whatever updates we get from them. Now, here's what we got. Negotiations began on October 2nd, but were suspended on the 11th. Then they resumed on the 24th. At the time of this recording, negotiations are still going on, but from reports I've read, there is a feeling of optimism that they're in the final stretch to end the strike. I'm sure all major studios would appreciate it if the whole thing is over soon. A majority of big movies that came out within the last few months have struggled at the box office, which is partially due to the actors not being out to promote them because they are not allowed to do so as long as the strike is still going on. Although some films have been granted waivers for the cast to promote them, such as Sofia Coppola's recently released Priscilla Presley biopic, Priscilla, Not to mention that it was recently announced that the upcoming Hunger Games prequel titled The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is set to be released later this month, has been granted one too. Plus, there's also several movies that either haven't finished principal photography nor even started yet because of the strike, although some have been granted waivers for their actors to work on them, such as Pablo Lorraine's upcoming Maria Callas biopic starring Angelina Jolie. Hopefully next month, there will be some great news I can share with you all here on the show. This next news story is about the Oscars. When I last month discussed the news of Ricky Kirshner and Glenn Weiss producing this year's Golden Globes, I mentioned that I hoped they'd also be able to produce the Academy Awards for the second year in a row. This past month, the production team was announced for this year's Oscars. It may not be the team of Kirshner and Weiss, but here's who they did get. Producers Raj Kapoor and Katie Mullen, as well as director Hamish Hamilton. Kapoor is an Emmy Award-winning executive producer for Adele One Night Only. He has been working on the Oscars since 2017. For producing the telecast from this past year, he received an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Variety Special Live. He's also been working on the Grammys every year since 2012. Mullen is an executive producer, showrunner, and partner in the global live event production company, Done and Dusted. Meanwhile, this will be Hamilton's fourth time directing the Oscars. He was also at the helm of the 2010, 2014, and 2015 telecasts. I'm glad the Academy is continuing to hire producers with immense experiences in putting together televised stage shows as opposed to those who've mainly had experience producing films. After all, the Oscars are first and foremost a live television special. This year's ceremony is still scheduled for March 10th, 2024. I'll be sure to discuss more important updates here on the show if we get any worth discussing within the next few months.
This next news story is about the Tony Awards. The first slate of details for next year's telecast were revealed this past month. The 77th annual Tony Awards will broadcast live from the David H. Koch Theater at Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts in New York City on June 16, 2024 on CBS and streaming live and on demand on Paramount+. Plus. More information on the special honoring the 2023-24 Broadway season will be available in the coming months. Similar to how this past year's telecast had a brand new venue with the United Palace in Washington Heights, the David H. Koch Theater at Lincoln Center will also be new territory for them. When I posted about this in the Gold Derby message boards, one of my colleagues, Sam Ekman, had this to say. I think it's a great choice. The theater has a good amount of lobby space, including on the mezzanines and an outdoor terrace, for people to spread out or to set up various media locations if they want. The size of the theater means that the production numbers shouldn't get swallowed up on the stage, as they sometimes do in Radio City if they haven't been restaged well enough for the space. Plus, Lincoln Center has the benefit of a ton of space, which should make arrivals and red carpet super easy. I'm hoping the team gets creative to capitalize on the plaza, and they could potentially even set up seats for the public in the center by the fountain to watch the telecast outdoors, like they have done for past screening series. For those who don't know what he meant regarding the latter, for a while there were outdoor Tony Awards viewing parties in Times Square. I was fortunate enough to have attended one back in 2011. It was a lot of fun. If that were to come back at Lincoln Center for next year's telecast, that would be great. The Tony Awards eligibility cutoff date for the 2023-24 season is April 25th, 2024 for all Broadway productions, which meets all eligibility requirements. Nominations for the 77th Tony Awards will be announced on April 30th, 2024. For our final subject, I'd like to take this moment to remember seven industry veterans we've lost within this past month. Bert Young died on October 8th at the age of 83. A veteran character actor who was best known for his role as Polly in the Rocky franchise, having earned an Oscar nomination for his performance in the original film. He also appeared on Broadway once back in 1986 in Ronaldo Povid's play Cuba and His Teddy Bear alongside Robert De Niro and Ralph Macchio. Stephen Lutvek died of a pulmonary embolism on October 9th at the age of 64. A veteran composer lyricist, he was best known for co-writing the score for A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder with Robert L. Friedman, which earned them Tony nominations back in 2014. Piper Laurie died on October 14th at the age of 91. A veteran character actress who earned three Oscar nominations over the course of 25 years. First in 1961 for The Hustler, then in 1976 for Carrie, and in 1986 for Children of a Lesser God. Not to mention that she also appeared on Broadway twice, first in a 1965 revival of The Glass Menagerie, and in a 2002 revival of Mornings at Seven. In 1987, she won a Primetime Emmy for her supporting role in the CBS TV movie Promise. Joanna Merlin died on October 15th at the age of 92. An actress with eight Broadway credits to her name, 
She most notably originated the role of Tevye's eldest daughter, Saito, in Fiddler on the Roof back in 1964. She later went on to serve as casting director on the original productions of Company, Follies, A Little Night Music, Pacific Overtures, On the 20th Century, Sweeney Todd, Evita, Merrily We Roll Along, and Into the Woods. Actress Suzanne Summers died of breast cancer on October 15th at the age of 76. In fact, she was just one day away from turning 77. She was best known for her roles in different television sitcoms, such as Chrissy Snow on Three's Company, which earned her a Golden Globe nomination in 1979, and Carol Foster Lambert on Step by Step. Hayden Gwynn died of cancer on October 20th at the age of 66. A legend of the London theatre scene, she earned four Laurence Olivier Award nominations over the course of 23 years. First in 1994 for City of Angels, then in 2006 for Billy Elliot, then in 2016 for Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and in 2017 for The Three Penny Opera. In 2009, she earned a Tony nomination for her one Broadway appearance as Mrs. Wilkinson, a role she previously originated in the West End in Billy Elliot. I was fortunate enough to have seen her in that. Actor Matthew Perry was found dead in his hot tub on October 28th at the age of 54. He was best known for his role as Chandler Bing on the long-running sitcom Friends, which earned him an Emmy nomination back in 2002. He went on to earn subsequent bids for his guest appearance on the West Wing, as well as his lead performance in the 2006 TNT TV movie, The Ron Clark Story. My condolences go out to all of their families. So that's just about does it for the news of this month. I will be back on December 4th to discuss any bits of entertainment news stories that I found interesting and or important from November. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash carereviewspodcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.